And the more details you learn, the more sick you get to your stomach at how completely dishonest and corrupt the vast majority of our government institutions are, starting with the FBI and the DOJ, which I like to say is the Department of Jihad, because this is not justice. This is a jihad against political dissidents. It is the government weaponized against citizens who dare to question and complain against their government, which again, isn't not only unlawful, it is their sacred right in the very first right enshrined in the Bill of Rights in our US Constitution. Friends, Sean from SGT Report here. Thank you so very much for tuning in. That was John Strand, an activist and a patriot who is facing 24 years in prison for walking inside the Capitol on January 6th. I've done a lot of soul searching over the past couple of days, and I want to say something. We know and we cover in this interview that we are now living in a banana republic. That's undeniable. There is no equal justice under the law. So I have a question for you. Leave your comments below. Should President Trump surrender to these people when we know New York State is criminal and this misdemeanor upgraded to felony charges against him are probably completely illegitimate? We'll know more once we see the actual indictment. But if the charges are what we think they are, this is absolutely unprecedented in American history. It's illegitimate and it's total tyranny. And if we know there was a coup in the last election in which a puppet was implanted, Then the question is, should Trump surrender to this regime? And I'll say one more thing. Remember the Bundy Ranch when the Bureau of Land Management was acting tyrannically? What happened? Think about it. We're living in a banana republic where one political party is now persecuting the opposition. So I ask, should Trump surrender at all? Thanks for tuning in, friends. Before we start, just a quick word about our sponsor. Silver has been valued for its beauty and rarity for centuries, but did you know it also plays a vital role in modern industry and tech? According to Noble Gold Investments CEO Colin Plume, who I just interviewed recently, silver could be the new oil. From electronics to solar panels, demand for silver is only set to rise. That's why investing in a silver IRA from Noble Gold Investments is a smart choice for those looking to secure their financial future. With a Noble Gold Investments Silver IRA, you can invest in physical silver coins or bars and take advantage of its unique properties as both a precious metal and industrial commodity. Not only does a Noble Gold Investments Silver IRA provide a hedge against inflation and market volatility, it also allows you to diversify your portfolio with an asset proven to hold its value over time. And this month, you'll get a beautiful Silver Eagle coin with every qualifying IRA of $20,000 or higher. You can't go wrong with Noble Gold Investments and their thousands of five-star reviews. Just visit noblegoldinvestments.com to get started. Hey, friends, welcome back. Thanks so much for tuning in. It's Sean from SGT Report here. Friends, I have a very serendipitous interview for you here. This interview was supposed to happen on Monday. But as fate would have it, I had some cross signals on my end and I needed to reschedule for today. And that actually is the serendipitous part because last night, President Trump was indicted by a criminal DA in New York City, friends, and the grand jury has indicted the man. So we're going to talk about that very timely information here. Before I welcome my guests, though, I want you all to know, and many of you do, a thousand people have been charged for the Capitol riot. Now, I want to just scroll down and remind people what's been going on here as the current puppet president, Joe Biden, who did not get 81 million votes. And that's the reason people showed up at the Capitol in Washington, D.C., was to protest what we all believe to be a stolen election. There's quantifiable evidence 
to prove that is the case. But here's what's happened since. These poor folks who showed up on January 6th, well, they've been targeted by an investigation that has been massive in its undertaking, both in its scope and cost. Every U.S. attorney's office has been involved, as well as every FBI field office, as part of the $1.7 trillion government spending package passed in December. $2.6 billion was allocated to U.S. attorneys, in part to support the Jan 6 prosecutions. Guys, I want to make this real clear. These are persecutions. Now, the entire federal government and agencies of the government have been weaponized and turned against we the people. I just covered that in my conversation with Clay Clark. Behold a pale horse, friends. It was Kim.com who tweeted just the other day, if you're a U.S. citizen still living in the United States, it's time to get out. Now, the writing's on the wall. We're going to stay and fight for the republic. But I just wanted to paint that picture before I welcomed my guest, John Strand. He's an activist and currently the creative director at America's Frontline Doctors. He's also the host of Frontline Flash. John Strand joins us now. How are you, John? I'm great, Sean. Thank you so much for having me on the program. I appreciate it. Well, thanks for coming on. We want to share your story and get an update. But uh, do you think I have that right? Do you bump on anything I just said in that open? Just a little bit. Yeah. No, before I was working with America's Frontline Doctors and before I was uh, known to be political at all, I was doing my own life and my own career as a fashion model and an actor in Hollywood and New York City and some work overseas. And in 2020, they shut the entire world down and said, you're no longer allowed to fly overseas or even cross over the street to the next block and do your job. They tried to literally end everyone's civil rights as we know them in every direction all for the sake of a mystery virus that was going to kill everyone if we didn't do exactly what the government told us. I uh, am not a doctor, but I do have some common sense, and I instantly recognized this was a fraud and a lie. Um, I know the signs of tyrannical governments because I actually try to read a little history. Um, I had some great parents that raised me properly with common sense and godly uh, Judeo-Christian values and accurate understanding of history and how communism tends to function. So I rejected the lockdowns instantly. And I helped to lead the Beverly Hills Freedom Rally, which ended up over the course of 2020, drawing over 20 to 25,000 people just in the month of October alone into Beverly Hills, which is actually a small subset of Los Angeles. It's one of the largest uh, moments and 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 uh, attractions of of people power, as I like to say, uh, in in the California area in support of common sense civil liberties and your right to have to live your life, to go to work, to go to school, certainly to go to church and to worship and all these basic, fundamental, inalienable rights that, of course, we understand are granted to us by God, not by government. And so when the government encroached on those, we appropriately pushed back. And that rally is the reason that I came to uh, meet Dr. Simone Gold, the founder of America's Frontline Doctors, and how I became the creative director of AFLDS over the last couple of years. So that is, of course, what led me personally, to be in Washington, D.C. on January 5th and January 6th, both of which were a couple uh, scheduled speaking events for Dr. Gold um, on an East Coast tour during that period where she spoke several times throughout Florida and uh, Maryland. Well, very good. That's good background. But uh, Mm -hmm. 
you said you bumped a little bit on my opening statement there. And really what I was trying to get to was the fact that there has been a weaponization of the government after a stolen election. I call it a coup. Do you agree with that? Because you've been persecuted by the feds and they offered you a plea deal, which you refused to take. And now you're facing up to 24 years in prison. So let's right. just set the stage. It's my understanding that you were security for Simone Gold. On January 6th, we know that Simone Gold went into the Capitol. There's video of her there. She just wanted to give a speech. Correct. Nobody committed any crimes, in my view, by walking into a Capitol with open doors. You found yourself in there, I guess, as part of her security team. And now you're facing 24 years in prison. Do you not feel that that's persecution? I know you must. You're being persecuted for your political beliefs, in my view. Yeah, no, I I don't think there's any question. I think anyone that suggests otherwise is utterly disingenuous um, and, and, and more to the point, hasn't yet felt the pain of such persecution personally. It's unfortunate, but it seems that human nature is such that most people don't pay enough attention until it's too late because they don't pay attention until it's happening to them. And at that point, there's not too much you can do when a government has been weaponized and uh, and, 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 and empowered to tyrannize you. Um, I mean, I mean, th- this country was founded by men brave enough to understand that th- they would either risk their lives, their fortunes and their sacred honor to establish a republic that respects that respects uh, humans inalienable rights or they lose them forever. Uh, and thank God they made that choice. And, um, you know, President Reagan said liberty is always uh, only one generation away from extinction and uh, we're less than a generation away from losing it right now. So this is the moment, uh, like I said, remembering history to make the right choice. All right. Well, I want to talk a little bit about your case, and uh, I guess you haven't been sentenced yet. Let's talk about that, because I find it really interesting to learn that QAnon shaman, uh, by Amer- the way, Amer- American shaman, that's his that's his chosen and preferred name. So we're no, going to just change fine. the narrative there. It, yep. Well, no, I want to be clear. I was just going to say that is an ad hominem. That is a <laughs> label. They wanted to throw out the baby with the bathwater with this QAnon nonsense. It's not even it's nonsense. Anon. It's two different things. There are anons and then there's the Q drops. Of course, the mainstream horror-lying media combines those two and tries to paint the picture that Jacob Chansley was a QAnon nutcase. Now, anyway, the point is, is that because exculpatory evidence was kept from him and his attorneys, just like it's been probably kept from you and yours. It has. Yes. He was just released 14 months early because of Tucker Carlson really showing America what really was going on on January 6th. All of that video evidence, I think thousands and thousands of hours that would have probably vindicated you and so many others, was kept from your attorneys. So again, it gets back to the idea of persecution. We typically have only seen this throughout human history in banana republics. Yes. So I'm drawing the conclusion now, as is Kim.com, as are so many other Americans, red-blooded Americans, that we are living in a banana republic. So let's talk about your sentencing and how this exculpatory evidence that was kept from you and attorneys and jurors how that might change your sentencing. I mean, I think you should be uh, let off altogether, in my opinion, obviously. Yeah, well, I I feel the same. Uh, The vast majority of participants in the January 6th rally uh, were innocent Americans exercising their constitutional right, which is the most sacred duty and right that we have in this country to speak our mind freely without fear of government retaliation and to complain against the government when we feel there is an error. And of course, as you mentioned, the 2020 election was highly suspect, a.k.a. it was stolen. It's a travesty. But even if you don't want to take the position that it was stolen or rigged, 
it, it would be, again, highly disingenuous, utterly dishonest and ridiculous to suggest that there was no evidence or, or credible suggestions that laws were broken and fraud was uh, conducted in the course of that election. It was highly suspicious. There are unbelievable amounts of evidence, um, starting with 2000 mules and going and going from there. Um, and so it, it, in our process, we always prioritize and, and allow for, um, open and honest debate, transparent, accountability of our government processes. And that is not what happened at all. It was railroaded down everyone's throats. And then constantly we were propagandized that it was the most secure election in history. That's ridiculous. You know, anytime someone wants to go all the way and say, oh, there's not even an ounce of a problem here, when you can see pounds and pounds of problems weighing people down, they're not being honest. If they were honest, they would say, Oh, someone has a question. Looks like maybe there was a problem. Let's clarify it. And then if there is no problem, we're good. But that's not what they did. So, yeah, the the election was highly suspect and dishonest. And Americans gathered as they could and should to complain about it. And what did the government do? (laughs) It's unbelievable what the government did. And we're still pulling back all the layers and finding all the evidence and the signs of government malfeasance, government involvement, Uh, Joe Hanneman of the Epic Times just reported that a federal prosecutor admitted in court papers that government agents acted as provocateurs. They just admitted it in court. The government was involved, a.k.a., as I like to say, it was a fedsurrection. You know, that's really no longer just a cute term. It's what happened. Government agents incited and facilitated portions of the event that day that caused what they claimed was a, you know, a huge, giant, illegal act which in reality was just a big political protest that unfortunately at certain moments became uncontrolled and violent, which we never want. We never condone violence, but we also never condone dishonesty and fraud. And January 6th is an enormous lie. It is fraught with dishonesty and government fraud, not to mention media dishonesty and fraud, which is, you know, a whole nother topic. But yeah, January 6th is a huge lie. We were all caught up in it. Dr. Gold was a scheduled speaker at a rally with a government approved permit. She showed up to deliver her assignment of speaking, got swallowed up in a huge crowd that eventually pushed its way through doors that were open from the inside, causing most of the crowd to think it was fine to go in. We had no option. We would have been trampled to death if we hadn't been able to follow with the motion of that crowd. So we just kept ourselves safe and were pushed in those open doors. We made our best attempt to stay in public hallways inside velvet ropes and act as any appropriate mature adult would do. We were not able to find a safe exit route or any police instructions for some time. Once some officers asked us to make our way safely out, we did as soon as we were able to get out, which took another 20 minutes waiting in line. So our entire tour of the Capitol was about 45 minutes. Most of what most of that was standing around waiting for a safe way to get out. And Dr. Gold did her best attempt to give a speech for a few minutes, which I recorded on a phone. And uh, and then we safely made our way outside per police instructions. So at no point did we see or hear or understand any explicit uh, in, uh, warnings against being on Capitol grounds. No one inside the building, cops, building uniformed employees or otherwise gave us any instructions to leave until the very latter portion when we then obeyed their instructions to leave. And so no laws were broken in any sense by myself or Dr. Gold. I mean, Dr. Gold took a plea deal. That's a whole nother topic we can get into. Uh, But I did not take a plea deal because I'm innocent. And so I can speak freely about my innocence 
as well as other people that I believe were framed and railroaded by a fraudulent, politically weaponized, very corrupt government. Boy, I have so many questions for you, and uh, I'm almost losing my train of thought here. I'm taking notes as we're going on, and I want to talk about Ray Apps. I want to talk about the Trump indictment. I want to talk about what is now obviously the deep state, which includes demon rats and rhinos. So I want to talk about the Jan 6 committee. Um, so I guess the first question would be, since you're facing 24 years in prison, what do you think of Ray Epps? I find it really interesting that the mainstream horror lying media continues to run cover for Ray Epps, who was obviously an instigator on Jan 6th. And mm-hmm. by my guess, I would have to believe if I was a betting man, I would bet a year's salary that he was a Fed in some way. He was involved with the FBI or some federal agency in some way. Now, I don't think that's come out officially, but it's interesting that the Jan 6th committee themselves have run cover for Ray Epps and demon rats have said, leave this poor guy alone. So as somebody who's facing 24 years in prison for merely walking into open doors at the Capitol, what do you make of Ray Epps, who was an instigator on the ground trying to get people to be violent and trying to get people to go into the Capitol that day? He's yeah, I, I make I make of it exactly what any reasonable, honest person would do based on the evidence they've seen. He, utter, he completely appears to be an instigator. He seems very likely to be in Fed employ or control. And he very clearly urged people to go inside the Capitol. So, I mean, to me, that speaks for itself. But yes, the Jan committee uh, covers for him, just like they cover for Michael Byrd, who murdered Ashley Babbitt. And yet they laud him as a hero. So they, they twist everything to the opposite of what it is. Um, a, another scripture that I wanted to share with, with you is Isaiah 50, 20, which says, you are headed for trouble when you say wrong is right. And darkness is light. So the government at this point, the Democrats are terrible, but the Republicans aren't much worse. To me, they're all the same. It's a uniparty. We are fighting against a deep state of entrenched um, political bureaucracy that is rotten to the core, um, completely addicted to permanent power and utterly disinterested in actual righteousness or justice. So uh, whether it's Ray Epps or Michael Byrd or many other examples of the government and the Jan 6 committee specifically, twisting reality, lying about the, the, the truth, covering the facts, withholding evidence that they're legally required to show. Thank God for Tucker Carlson exposing the, the, some, you know, pieces of the full video footage, which by the way, um, excuse me, Speaker McCarthy, but we don't have any more time to, to waste. We need to release the J6 tapes every last second of it. Please stop talking about it and actually do it. Thank you. But thank God for Tucker Carlson releasing those tapes. He, in just a couple of minutes, clearly showed any decent, honest, reasonable person that the government is lying. The January 6th committee explicitly lied about Officer Brian Sicknick, who had nothing to do with you know an insurrection that killed him no he was doing his job to maintain crowd control the j6 committee claimed he was murdered by maga patriots and he was not murdered by anyone he was still alive the next day they lied about that and many other details that they jacob chansley He's neither a quack nor anonymous. He's actually just a decent, kind, soft-spoken, patriotic person who believes in the Constitution, actually led a prayer in the Senate chamber thanking the U.S. Capitol Police for kindly ushering him safely through the Capitol and into the chamber, along with many other patriots surrounding him at that time. So those are other elements that Tucker exposed that show the J6 committee 
was completely lying and misrepresenting the reality of what happened. So the, the, like I said, the evidence just keeps mounting and mounting. So many details. Ray Epps is just, you know, a catchphrase, uh, which is a legitimate one, but there are so many. And the more you dig, please follow Julie Kelly's reporting because she has more honesty, accuracy, and, and a comprehensive report of this story than anyone. And the more details you learn, the more sick you get to your stomach at how completely dishonest and corrupt the vast majority of our government institutions are, starting with the FBI and the DOJ, which I like to say is the Department of Jihad, because this is not justice. This is a jihad against political dissidents. It is the government weaponized against citizens who dare to question and complain against their government, which, again, is not only unlawful, it is their sacred right in the very first right enshrined in the Bill of Rights in our U.S. Constitution. Boy, I got to tell you, man, you are really striking chords here with me and my audience because, you know, I think what troubles us and causes us sleepless nights these days is just to come to the realization that our government is just as corrupt as those third world nations we've heard about so many times growing up, you know, and it just it's a bitter pill to swallow that uh, here we sit now because without rule of law, without a Bill of Rights and a Constitution, we're just like every other banana republic that's ever been. And that's exactly yeah. where we are right now, because the rhinos and the demon rats don't give two craps about the no. Bill of Rights. They're trampling no. on the Bill of Rights. So I guess we no longer have a constitution. So in effect, we don't. And you don't I mean, the constitution is a piece of it's, it's only worth the paper it's written on at this point. What, what effect does it has? Does it have if we don't demand that that it is upheld? Right. All right. So we have a lot left to talk about. I want to ask you, though, before I forget, just about your personal kangaroo trial. And do you have any hope right now because of the exculpatory evidence, which has now been at least in part released, which has resulted in in uh, Jacob Chanley being released 14 months early for prison? How does this affect your case? Does it affect your case at all? Because you're dealing with a kangaroo court. In my Correct. view, you're you're dealing with corrupt judges, a corrupt judge, a corrupt jury. There's no chance you could have gotten a fair trial. Tell me what happened and where we sit now. Sure. Well, I want to answer your question. Do I have hope? And I do. I have hope in Jesus Christ, my savior. And so my hope starts and ends in God. And I know he is in control. And uh, that's a point not to be to be missed or made lightly. This really is a spiritual battle first and foremost. But to your point, yes, it, it is a kangaroo court. So, no, I don't really have a whole lot of optimism for the legal process at this time. Why in the world would I? Um, did we have any effect with our legal process when the 2020 election was rife with fraud and we, we you know, we requested legally to review it? No, instead, January 6th happened, <laughs> which was a convenient cover to obfuscate the real problems and create a fa- fake narrative that allowed at least half the country to tacitly accept the government being weaponized against citizens. Now, they have allowed the Department of Justice the same uh, the same role. So the FBI is is now a goon squad for the Biden administration, like Nazi SS troops literally rounding up citizens with rifles and and SWAT team raids that are more appropriate for Mexican drug cartels. I know because I was assaulted by one of them myself. It's outrageous. It's absolutely appalling the way that the government's been weaponized against innocent American citizens. Uh, It's absolutely just disgusting. Um, So, yeah, (laughs) 
You have to remind me where 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 we were going. But uh, oh, the trial. I'm sorry. Yes. The, the, well, well, that and what are the charges against you? Twenty four years in prison for what? They're letting murderers go in New York City. They're downgrading felonies to misdemeanors for twenty four years for what? Right. Yeah. So I, w- I was saying that the FBI has been weaponized and then along with it. So is the Department of Justice, the court system. And so, no, we're not getting actual justice. Um, we're not getting the rule of law applied as it, it was meant to be. Um, we're getting a, an immense amount of political action under the ruse of the rule of law. And, and that's what we're seeing with this indictment of President Trump, as you mentioned. So first, though, this very much happened with the J6 lie, uh, which, of course, was you know engineered and weaponized ultimately to uh, demonize and 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 assault Trump, you know, whether it's an indictment and and try to prevent him from returning to office legally or simply to to demonize and disenfranchise the public from supporting President Trump. Um, So January 6th, uh, you you know, was weaponized against people to the degree that, as you mentioned, and as I observed as a witness being there, well over a million people in total showed up in Washington, D.C. on January 6th. I mean, well over a million people it was the most enormous crowd by a long shot that I have ever seen in my life. It was staggering. The vast majority of them were very well behaved, nice, normal American citizens. They were there for one overall purpose, which was to protest, which was to sh- simply show up and by their presence, lend their support to the idea that the rule of law matters, that there were questions about the 2020 election that needed to be reviewed legally. And that was their demand and request, which is exactly what it should have been. And then, of course, over the course of events and the doors being opened and um, federal agents who acted as provocateurs, which is now no longer an allegation, but an, a, an admission in court by the government, it happened. Right. So can we just take a moment to process that? It happened. Government agents were involved. They admitted in court themselves. What does that mean? Well, it probably means we need to double check how we're ram railroading American citizens with 20 year felonies when they are literally just protesters that showed up to wave a flag and say, I believe in the Constitution. Where in the heck are we right now? What is going on in this country? It's beyond insane. But 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 it's not just insane. It's terribly evil and terribly destructive. And most people think of this in the abstract because they're still watching this at home on their couch. Now, thank God we live in a free country where most people still have the freedom to sit on their couches. But I may not have that freedom in another month. My sentencing is coming up and I am facing 24 years maximum potential prison because I was convicted by a D.C. jury of a 20 year felony and four misdemeanors. So I was charged with a 20 year felony of obstruction of justice uh, th- this particular statute is a big is a big uh, it's a big specific wrinkle uh, in the J6 um, puzzle. And uh, it, it, I hope your audience will learn more about it. So it's it, it's from Title 18, Code 1512. And if you learn about what this statute actually is, it is the wrong statute for the context, even if anyone was guilty of obstructing justice, which no one is because that's or I, maybe I shouldn't say no one. There might be some random person who thought that that's what they were doing. But the vast majority of people, myself included, had no thought of stopping anything. We were simply there to exercise our constitutional rights, free speech. That's why we were there. 
Um, and so Title 18, Code 1512, which is the 20-year felony I am charged and currently convicted with pending appeal, is called, they call it obstruction of justice or obstruction of an official proceeding, but the actual title is witness tampering. It was a code written, I think, almost 50 years ago uh, related to an Enron type scandal uh, where there were witnesses in a court proceeding that were being bullied and intimidated to affect the actual truth coming out, which is that is illegal, of course. And this law was written to prevent people from tampering with paper records or um, blackmailing or insinuating potential danger to witnesses in court in order to change their story. None of this relates to patriots showing up at the Capitol to protest, uh, you know, for free speech rights and requesting review of an election. It's utterly disconnected. They used the wrong law. Okay, that's not just a clerical error. That's an illegal act by the government. Why did they do that? It's quite simple to understand. 1512 carries a 20 year prison sentence. This is actually really important. It's not just related to the the law I was charged with, but it's related to the plea deal, which is one of the biggest uh, secret secrets of J6 that people don't fully understand. Why, why and how did J6 snowball into such a thing when it wasn't that at all in the, in the, in reality? The, the, the plea deal is a huge part of how the government was able to successfully lie to you and fabricate a false narrative and weaponize the government in response to that and allow most of the general public to silently allow for it or just sort of turn, turn an eye into the corner and, and ignore. Um, because either they think they agree with it or they're scared of complaining against it. So this plea deal situation occurred because they illegally used the wrong statute, 1512. It's a 20-year felony, but it's the wrong rule. doesn't even apply to the situation. There's another code in Title 18 that more specifically would be suitable for this situation, but it only carries a maximum prison sentence of uh, three or five years. That wasn't enough. They needed a 20 year prison club to swing at people to make sure that they would all take the plea deal without hesitation. And guess what? The vast majority of them did exactly that. They took the plea deal. Why would you take the risk, uh, basically 100% risk? Cause in DC, you know, you're getting convicted. Why would you just take a 20 year felony conviction if the government says, just sign this piece of paper and, and, and swear your life to agreeing with our version of the story? And then we'll only give you a very reduced sentence. In my case, they offered me a single misdemeanor plea. They said, instead of 24 years of prison, all you have to do is agree with our lie, sign your name to the lie, and we'll only give you a single misdemeanor. You might not even spend a week or a month in jail and, and you'll get off and you'll be done and move on with your life. Well, wait, that's why I want to commend you here because you did something that is brave in hindsight. Look, this is tough stuff because you went in with Simone Gold. She took a plea deal. I think she was, what, sentenced to 60 days in prison and paid a $9,500 fine. She got her life back. You're not going to get your life back if you get sentenced to 24 years or even 10 years, even five years in prison. Right. So you didn't take the plea deal, and I commend you for that. I, do, I really do. That was brave. It was courageous. It was the patriotic right thing to do. But my God, you, you, I mean, you had your back up against the wall. You didn't take the deal. And now you're facing life in prison, essentially not life, but I mean, 20 years. I mean, (laughs) my God, man, that's a, that's a lot of someone's life. Yeah. It's, it's outrageous. Um, It's shameful. And, and thank you. But um, for me, there was no choice. There's only what's right. 
Um, I, I don't consider anything other than the right choice to be a viable option. Um, and, and, and moreover, um, you know, people ask me, why did you reject the plea deal? Um, and there's, there's two reasons. Number one, the plea deal is a lie. As I explained, they fraudulently, illegally applied a 20 year felony that doesn't even relate to this, to the context in order to coerce and bully people into this plea deal. And the, and the reason, the fact that they were able to successfully get so many people to instantly take the plea deal, um, which of course is understandable under those circumstances. But because of that, the plea is not just, okay, I'll take your, your offer of a reduced sentence. The plea deal is, okay, I'm going to publicly and legally acknowledge and agree with your version of events. I'm going to say your narrative is correct. Here's your narrative. And that narrative is a long paragraph of exactly what happened. The government got all of these people to agree that I knew in advance that the grounds were restricted and it was illegal to be there. I knew before I ever even got onto the grass, so to speak, that that I was breaking the law. I, they got these people to agree to that. That is not true. It's a lie, Sean. Right. It's an absolute lie from the pit of hell. Right. And they use that lie to represent to the American people, look, there's thousands of people that we arrested and they all agreed. Yeah, we knew it was against the law and we did it anyway. We broke the law. So so we're upholding the rule of law. That's always their claim. Right. They're lying to you. Right. They're lying. And it's disgusting. But that's that's how they get away with it. That's how they do it. They bully and coerce people illegally. And no one individually can can defend themselves against that. And then collectively, they represent that effect as a story. It's a false narrative. It's a lie. But people are easily swayed and they believe it. Right. So I hope I can help your audience to understand some of those details, because the world at large needs to start understanding the truth. They need to start breaking down lies. And that only happens with sunlight, when you receive actual truth that you can apply to the story that you're that you're looking at or being being told.